Uh, Today we're in our second week of our series called The Christian Life. And really it's it's a study of the book of uh, the chapter, Romans chapter 12. And in that chapter we are seeing what God desires for us as his followers. Now I want you to think about this. Uh, Sometimes we think that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, when we got saved, that that is the finish line. And sometimes we act like that's the finish line. Maybe the church teaches that, that that's the finish line. But the truth is that is really the starting place for a follower of Jesus Christ. I think about that. I wonder how crazy it would look if you went to a race and maybe it was the, the, the national championships in college, maybe it was the Olympics, and there's going to be a race and somebody fired the gun and everybody just sat down there on the starting line. Uh, that, that is not the, where we end at. That is actually where we start at. And I wonder what our churches uh, actually look like if you came in and there's a bunch of people just sitting there on the starting line. Understand, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, that is the starting place. Uh, we're saved, but then we actually have the privilege to live in Christ, to walk with Christ, to live in Jesus Christ, and that is to live out the Christian life. Now, I want to tell you, uh, life goes by very quickly. Some of us are figuring that out. Uh, you may pass away, but it, and I think very soon Jesus is going to come again and, and receive us as his church. But in the meantime, uh, we live the Christian life. We walk with Jesus Christ. Well, Romans chapter 12, I believe, is telling us what this looks like. What does it look like to live as a follower of Jesus Christ? And so we're going to look at this chapter we started last week uh, with verse 1. Now let me give you a, a recap of last week. Last week we saw in verse 1 that we are to give ourselves to God. Uh, where in the past uh, they brought sacrifices to God and, and they had these offerings and sacrifices that they were commanded to bring. Well now our response to God is we give our lives to God. Now the Bible said in verse 1 last week that we are a living sacrifice Uh, We're not bringing a dead animal there. We are a living sacrifice. It's actually our life. And that we are holy, a holy sacrifice. Now, what that means is we are set aside. We are different. We are not like the world. And, And the truth of that is the life of a believer should be distinguishable from the life of the world around us. Um, Here's the picture there. Our response to Christ is we're to give our life a living and holy sacrifice to God. Well, that means we're not to bring in this life where we've been running in the world and our life looks like the world and we're all worn out and haggard from the world and to say, you know what, well, here's my, here's my offering to you, God. Here's my life and I've run it in the world and I've done all the things of the world and so this is what I bring and I give to you as my sacrifice. We are to bring a life that is distinctive, and that is to be our offering to God. Now, let me ask you a question. Does that matter to you? Does that matter to you? Do you care what kind of offering you bring in your life to our God? Does that matter to you? Now, here's here's what I believe. I believe it would if you would see Jesus. And I'm talking about if you could see the glory of who he is 
if you could see the cost of what he's done to save us, if you could see Christ as he is, I believe your natural response, your worship would, bring, would be to bring him a life that is set aside and is different than the rest of the world. You know what? If you're not seeing Christ, I don't think you worry about what you bring him. I think you think, well, you know what? I'm saved. I'm forgiven. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm not worried about the rest of that. But I think if you could see Jesus Christ for who he is, your natural response. But you know what? This isn't enough. This isn't enough. I'm bringing him my life, and I want it to be distinctive from the world around us. Here's what I'm afraid. I'm afraid we're trying to have it both ways. And I, I think in, in this year, 2020, that if you look at the pattern of us, uh, we try to keep one foot over here in the world and do the things of the world and, and participate in the things of the world. And then we try to maybe tip our hat over here to the things of God. And we're trying to have it both ways. Well, a right response, according to Romans 12, 1, is a life totally given to Jesus Christ. To be able to say, you know what? Lord, you have it. Lord, you've got it. And I'm not talking part of it. You've got all of it. The parts nobody knows anything about, you've got those parts as well. I believe the response to Jesus Christ that is right is our lives totally given to Jesus Christ. Now, here's, here's the natural question. So how does that happen? How does that happen? How are we able to give a life that would be holy and pleasing to God. That's what verse 1 says. Don't you know me? Don't you know my past? Don't you know my inclinations? I know yours. How in the world am I going to give him a life that looks different from the world? How would I give him a life that is holy and set aside unto him? Well, here's what I want you to see today. The answer is in verse 2. Now watch this. Verse 1 hinges on verse 2. Now watch this. Verse 1, you're supposed to give your life as a, a holy and acceptable sacrifice to God that hinges on verse 2. And verse 2 is motivated by verse 1. Why would you do what it says in verse 2? It's because you're motivated in verse 1. And so understand verse 1 hinges on verse 2, but verse 2 is motivated by verse 1. And so today I'm going to read those verses together and then I'm going to go and explain verse 2 today. All right, listen to the verses together. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, Christian, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Verse 1, now verse 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Let me read verse 2 again. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. All right, let's look at verse 2. Paul says here in verse 2, do not be conformed to this world. Now, each of these words, they're very important. This first word, conformed. Conformed, the prefix means with. Con, with something. With. Formed literally means formed. It means shaped by. So Paul says here, do not be shaped by, do not be formed to this world. 
Now, the best picture I can come up for that is a mold. You have a mold of something, and you press something into that mold. Maybe it's clay. Maybe it's something else. Or you pour something into that mold. It takes the shape of that mold. And then when you pull the mold off or you pull it out of the mold, it is a duplicate of the thing that it was shaped by. Well, here's what Paul is saying here. As believers, we are not to be shaped by, we are not to take the shape of the world. Now, I want to be very clear in this. This world is not for God. This world is not of God. And I want you to be sure of this. This world is not neutral toward God. In fact, the Bible is very clear. This world is opposed to God. This world exists in opposition to God. Because of sin, it it exists in opposition to God. The Bible says the prince of this world is Satan himself. Well, this world, it's okay. There's some good things going on. The world exists in opposition to God. Sometimes we start to think, well, it's not that big of a deal. Well, I don't want to get too radical, do I? I want you to listen very carefully. If you are taking the shape of the world, you are being shaped in opposition to God. Well, I thought I was a pretty good guy. I thought I was trying the best I could. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. Listen, if you, I'm talking to you as an individual. If you are taking the shape of the world, You are being shaped in opposition to God. There is no middle ground. There is no middle ground. Here's the question. Don't answer out loud. Can people tell you apart from the world? Can people tell you apart from the world? I'm talking about honestly. Could they they say, you know what, This, this, this guy here, he's a follower of Jesus Christ. He, he, I haven't seen his bumper sticker. I don't see his big Bible he carries around. I've watched how he lives. I've watched how he speaks. Would they say you're distinctive, distinguishable from the world? Can they tell you from the world? Here's some questions. What about in what you watch? What about in what you do? What you do, is it what the world does? What about how, in how you respond? What about in how you react? What about in how you treat people? Could it be said this is a life radically given To Jesus Christ. Because again, according to verse 1, that's the call. Could it be said, this is a life radically given to Jesus Christ. And do not be conformed to this world, but, but. The word but is a contrast. Do not do that, but, here's the contrast, do this. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, the word transformed, the the prefix trans means across or out of. And the word formed, again, means shaped, formed. And so you, in one way, you're conformed, you're shaped with, but now you're transformed, you're shaped out of. In one way, you look like the mold. In another way, you're transformed and you're changed and you're not like what you used to be. In one thing, you become the same. In the other one, you become different. Transformed. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed. Here's here's the truth. We need transformed lives. We need changed lives. We need distinctive lives that look like the gospel that we follow. We need transformed lives. Now, how does that happen? Here's what the verse says. 
by the renewing of your mind. Do not be shaped by this world, but be transformed, changed by the renewing of your mind. The word renewing means making new, means changing. The word renewing means it's possible. And it says, of your mind. I I want us to see this, and, and, and man, we need to be very, very clear in this. The battle today is for your mind. The battle today is for your mind. There is a battle going on right now, and we may be too dumb to see it. We may be so busy or so asleep, we're not realizing it. There is a battle raging right now for your mind. Well, I'm a believer. Listen, your mind, believer, brethren, there's a battle going on for your mind. You see, your mind is where you can consider God, or your mind is where you can entertain sin. Your your mind is where you're going to make your decisions. And if you change your mind, here's what follows. Your actions, your attitudes, your character, your very heart. I want you to be sure today Satan is coming for your mind. Now, let me me tell you two ways he's doing that right now. The first thing is he's doing this. He is encouraging you not to use it. He's encouraging you not to use your mind, to set it aside, to be mindless, that you would not think, that you would not consider, that you wouldn't ponder anything. Satan is encouraging us to just be mindless, just be dumb, just be dense, set your mind aside. And the second way that he's influencing our mind, that he's battling for our minds, and the two things go hand in hand, he's encouraging us to fill our minds with garbage. Sin, sinful thoughts, pornography, trash, filthy language, coarse jokes, greed, materialism, anger, jealousy. He's encouraging us to put those things, to fill our mind with those things. We sit and we stare at our phones. We sit And we stare at our TVs. Come in the house, get supper, turn on TV. We stare at our TVs. And and the input of of garbage going into our minds is really unreal. And I I, I want you to be, be sure of this. I want you to think about this. Garbage is going in and it's going in. And we're on the radio and on our phones and and what we hold in our hands and what we watch on our TV and garbage is going in and garbage is going in and garbage is going in. Let me me give you an example. And when I give you this example, I'm going to sound like an old crusty Baptist preacher. But here's my example anyway. Start of this month, you remember the Super Bowl? Here's a Super Bowl. Biggest event of the year on TV. I'm going to tell you what, Fox knows what they're doing. The entertainers know what they're doing. The world knows what they're doing. There's a battle for your mind. Biggest, biggest watch thing on TV, churches let out that we can go watch this thing. And, and we sat there on that night, and, and folks with their kids watched that. And they filled that garbage in the mind of their kids. Some of you watched it with their sons and your daughters. Some folks watch that with their wives, and I want to tell you, they they could laugh it off and say, what an empowering vision of a woman. They sat there, and their hearts hurt. 
that that's what you wanted to watch, that that's what you thought of a woman. And, and we sat there and men laughed and they said, it's an entertainment. And they said, it's normal. What are we else are we going to look at? It's a funny thing. And the truth of this, for however long that was, degrading trash of pornography was poured into the minds of people. And it has no place in the mind of a follower of Jesus Christ. And you know what? Most folks did not even know it. There is a battle going on for your mind and trash going in and trash going in and trash going in. And we think it's funny and we're not paying attention. And I want to tell you the truth is this. What goes in will always come out. There is a battle for your mind. It says here we're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The renewing of your mind. Now, I'm going to be very blunt with you and, and I'll just tell you. There is one thing that will renew your mind. Now, I like the word renew because it says the junky mind that you have, and that's what we have, can be made new. It can be renewed. But I want to tell you, there is one thing that will renew your mind. Now, here's what I hate to tell you, but I'm just going to have to tell you. It is not flashy. It is not flashy. I can't get you up here and dance and sing and poke and prod and claim things and, and say things and say, what well, you leave here with a renewed mind. That's not how it works. I'm going to tell you this. It is not fun. It is not fun. The process of renewing your mind is not fun. It is work. It is work. Well, I don't like work. I got enough work. It is effort. But let me just tell you this. The way that you renew your junked up mind, listen to this. The only way is the input of the word of God period. The only way you renew your mind is the input of the word of God, period. That means this, verses need to start going into your mind. And maybe you're listening to them on your phone. Maybe you're reading them in your Bible. You need to put Bible studies in your mind. Maybe you start going through Bible studies on your own. Music, Christian music needs to go into your mind. Sermons need to go into your mind. The men's lunch needs to go into your mind. And I want to tell you this, your mind will be renewed. Your mind can overcome the lies by being overcome with the truth being put into your mind. Here's, here's the thing. And, and I, man, I've said this and I've said this. I figured it out on my own and... and, and and, and I've said it, but here's the thing. The most influential thing you can do as a follower of Jesus Christ, the biggest dividend that you'll ever receive as a follower of Jesus Christ, the best investment you can make with your time as a follower of Jesus Christ is to input the Word of God into your mind. Here, here's the lie of Satan. The lie of Satan has come along in 2020, and we are dense. And we're distracted. The lie of Satan comes along and says, you know what? You can't do it. You can't do it. You can't understand that. It's too hard. You can't do it. You're too busy. You can't do it. You don't have time for that. You can't do it. If you make time, you're not going to stay with it. You can't do it. You know what we know right now? We know who wrecked their car in NASCAR this weekend. We know who shot a 10-point buck this year. We know that Tom Brady and the Patriots are cheaters. We know the 10 best pitchers of each era, and that era is not going to match with this era. We've got more, and it's diluted because of all this. But then we've bought the lie that we can't know the Word of God. 
how your mind is renewed is by the consistent input of the Word of God, and there is no second alternative. And then I want to see the last part, and we'll be done with this. Last part of the verse is this. And do not be conformed to this world. Don't be shaped by it, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, input of the Word of God. Here's the last part. So that you may prove what the will of God is. It doesn't say the preacher. It doesn't say that Paul, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Here's the truth of this verse. Your life, renewed by the filling of the word of God, walked out in obedience to God, can show the world the goodness of the will of God. Listen to me. If you will consume the word of God, if you will walk it out in obedience, a sorry guy like you and a sorry guy like me can start to show the goodness of the will of God. Here's the truth. And I want to scream it. God has better than this. God has better than this. God has better for you. God has better for your kids. He's got better for your wife. He's got better for your neighbors. Not garbage, not chaos, not trouble, not drama, not divorce, not adultery, not drugs. God has better than that. He has better than that. His way is better than that. And filled with the word of God, walking in obedience, you're a testimony to the good, perfect will of God. Your life can show it. I'm going to tell you, I'm tired of the mess we live in. Sometimes I get so down, I start thinking, (laughs) watch the news. We're not ever going to pull out of this. Our nation's down the tank. We're not ever coming out of this. Listen, the truth still stands. God has better. And your mind will be renewed when you fill it with the word of God. Best thing that can happen to this men's lunch is that somebody said, you know what, first off, that's the truth, that's the word of God, I recognize it. Second thing is this, is men that knew Christ, that saw Christ, that valued Christ, say, you know what, I'm about to get me a Bible and I'm about to start reading it. I'm about to spend time in it and maybe you're a farmer, maybe you're a rancher and you're going to do it before you get on your tractor. Maybe you're going to do it before you get up in the morning. Maybe you have a business and you're going to do it when you have lunch. But you start to intake the word of God. And I'm going to tell you what, it will pay a dividend you can't imagine. Our minds are renewed and God is glorified in the renewing of our mind and the proving of his will by people walking in obedience. Glad you were here. Listen, the point of all this is this. God has better. God has better. God has better. I'm going to ask if you'll stand, please. Glad you're here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come. I'm thankful for these guys here. Lord, I I read and I, I see that you changed the world with 12 faithful guys. Lord, I pray that right here, I don't know if there's 71 here today, I pray that you encourage us. I pray that you would bless us. I pray that you would enable us. I pray that we would see Jesus Christ in your word. And I pray we wouldn't be cowards. And I pray we wouldn't be content to to shrink in. I pray we'd be sick of being conformed. I pray we'd do the hard work to be transformed. And I pray that the blessing would be for the name of Christ and it'd be for our wives and our kids and our grandkids, our neighbors, our town, our nation. Lord, let us be so renewed in the filling of your word that we'd be distinctive unto you. Bless these men. Bless these guys. Encourage them. We're thankful that you forgive us. 
Thankful that as we come here today and whatever we've messed up, you'll forgive it if we'll confess it. Thankful for a new start in you. Thankful for salvation in Christ. And I pray that we walk out here with our heads held high and we're ready to point to the good news of Jesus Christ. Bless these men. Use these men. And I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.